Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Look who's back! Back again. <laughs> no Budget Nightmares is back, Mo. Tell a friend. Uh huh. Mo, we're back on No Budget Nightmares, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we're here. We're coming in uh, hot. Uh, a week later than our normal schedule has been, but that's not bad. It's only a week. It's not like yeah. it's a month or several months, Mo. Yeah, which is our usual go-to. And I'm so, you know, look, I'm not going to lie to you, Mo. The last movie we covered on No Budget Nightmares, we deserved an extra week off. <laughs> that's the fucking truth. <laughs> I feel like it was a controversial episode, and I'll tell you what, despite the pain that both you and I put ourselves through, Mo, the download numbers did not reflect people's excitement about those movies. <laughs> Yeah, that does. That also does not surprise me. I just like the idea that we put ourselves through added strain and difficulty for literally no good reason. When for honestly, yeah. if we covered movies that like people knew, like our, our I think our high, highest downloaded episode ever is our bad taste episode, right? Because it's a movie that horror fans know. We could do right. movies like that, and this would be a way, way, way more popular podcast. But guess what, Mo? We're never going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's that. That's that's a fact. That is a one. That is one hundred percent fact. I I just, I could not see us doing that. Yeah, would it be a much more enjoyable show to make? Yeah, probably. 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 You know, would we get way? Uh, would we develop a bigger fan base? Sure, absolutely, we would. Would it be satisfying as much? Probably not. Here's the thing, Mo. When I was younger. So much younger than I am now. God, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did a lot of bad stuff, right? I was a sinner, you might say. So I see this podcast as my penance so that you and I, Mo, can get into heaven. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> We're going to some, heaven, Mo. I, I got some bad news for you there. Heaven. <laughs> but, I'm going to heaven, yay. But before one goes to heaven, Mo, one must go to hell. One must go to bloody muscle body builder in hell. Oh, I see. I see what you were uh, what you were doing. There. Actually, I okay. only thought of that about halfway through the heaven statement. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do however many episodes of we done on this podcast without working out a couple of transitions. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, worked just... out a couple of transitions while they're happening. <laughs> yeah, well, what I just said might have sounded like word salad mo, but it wasn't. It was actually the title of the movie that we're going to be discussing on this episode of No Budget Nightmares. Whoa! Uh-huh. Hopefully you've watched it as well. <laughs> yeah. I watched it twice. Well, la-dee-fucking-da. I watched well, I it a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, in typical Mo fashion, because uh, I believe, uh, so we were, obviously we were supposed to record last week and something came up and we didn't, uh-huh. uh, as is typical of us. And, uh, and, and I remember specifically saying to you, yeah, I'm going to watch it tomorrow because this looks really fun. Uh, smash cut to uh, earlier today. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. I get, I still need to watch that movie. <laughs> so, but, uh, but I did, I did take your advice though. I watched it once without taking notes mm-hmm. and then, and then watched it again while taking notes. And you're right. It made it a million times easier. Absolutely. Um, and I thought it was way more fun because this movie is super fucking enjoyable. Not to, you know, jump the gun too much here. Uh, only entirely way too much. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a super fun movie, so it was worth watching twice. Well, let's start at the beginning, Mo. And by or, the beginning, I mean the Japanese title of the movie that we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Um, it is called Jigoku no Chimodoro Muscle Builder. Also known as Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Also known as, what what do you call it? I call it Bloody Muscle Builder from Hell. From Hell. Also known as the Japanese Evil Dead, for reasons which we will describe in just a little bit. And also called Bloody Muscle Builder to Hell. To Hell, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of titles. It's hard to translate. My understanding is that it's it's more a art than a science, the translation Mm -hmm. of Japanese into English. And I'll tell you, no matter how you shape it, that title just don't make any sense. However, no. it, contextually, it has all the elements of the movie that we're going to talk about. But before we do, I just want to give a quick shout out to our Ooh. new Patreon uh, contributor, J.K. What? Nicholson. Yeah, J.K. is a good friend of the show, has been uh, with us for a long while, has even guested on another podcast of mine. Thanks, J.K. You're the reason why we can talk about movies like Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. From or the bloody year. muscle builder from hell, <laughs> or bloody muscle builder to hell, or uh, Evil Dead. Well, Japanese if, Evil Dead. If you think the title is confusing, Mo, the history of this movie is even more confusing. Oh, do tell. Let me tell you a little story. In fact, I think we might have gone over the details at the end of the last episode. But but just sure just very are. quickly, this movie. Was I, a- I, well, we've already established nobody listened to that last episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me let me get you guys up to speed. We watched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> called Into Thy Hands, and it has no other title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's no nowhere where it's called something like uh, Jesus Christ Serial Rapist. Yeah, anyway, let, we're never going to bring that movie up again. No! <laughs> until we get to our another anniversary episode when we have to talk about the worst movies we've ever talked about. <laughs> anyway, well, let's, 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 let's calm down a little bit. We're going to go back, Mo, to 1995, the year punk broke. And... <laughs> <laughs> The year of our Lord. <laughs> the year of our Lord, where uh, a enterprising young bodybuilder, Mo, wanted to make... A young man by the name of Billy Joe Armstrong <laughs> strapped on a guitar. A young man named Shinichi Fukuzawa decided he was going to combine his two loves, bodybuilding and Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead, and make a movie out of it. And that's what he went and did, pretty much. Except that movie was never completed. Until 2009, when I guess whether it was the, uh, the, the, the cheaper technology that was available to allow him to complete it, or maybe people just, I don't, actually don't know the story of how it actually got discovered, but it was completed in 2009, and then by uh, 2012 was the first time I guess it was shown uh, theatrically. 
And mm. uh, in fact, I believe it only really got like a, a, a Western release in 2015. So this is not a really widely known or widely available movie to a lot of people. But ah, I think the modern day Miami connection. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it, it's it has a similarly troubled and confusing release uh, uh, history. Right. But I think after our discussion, Mo, everyone who listens to this episode will run out and buy themselves a copy of Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell from the year 1995 or 2009 or 2012 or 2015, whatever you feel like. Now, Mo, mm-hmm. what do you think of the Evil Dead? I'm a fan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, I, I feel like, I feel like... I feel like there's two types of horror fans. So the people who are like obsessed with Evil Dead and the people who aren't who don't care quite as much. And I find myself somewhere in the middle. So there are three types. <laughs> so there's 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 like 7 billion types of Evil Dead fans. Uh, everybody like takes to I mean like I used to be really obsessed with it. I used to really love it. I'd watch it all the time. Um and I don't know, I've kind of grown away from it lately like Sure. You know, how, how, as things do. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. You know, I mean, I, I haven't watched it in ages, but <laughs> right around the yeah. seventh or eighth time I bought Army of Darkness and some sort of media, I was right. like, maybe I don't ever have to watch this movie again. Right. Uh, I, I was obsessed with the Evil Dead as a teenager in my early twenties. It was just one of those movies where it's, it's so strange to talk about now because I guarantee you, everyone listening to this podcast knows the franchise, you know, bought the t-shirt, bought, you know, they, they know it inside and out. But as a teenager, when I discovered that movie, it was kind of like my thing. I know that mm. sounds so strange now, but it really felt kind of very personal to me. And that's why my favorite in the series has always been the original Evil Dead, for the same reason that we have a podcast that talks about micro-budget movies, because it's so inventive, and there's so ma- there's so much passion on screen, and it's the the capacity to overcome limitations with imagination and creativity. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we preach here on No Budget Nightmares. And and that's why when we talk to the filmmakers uh, whose movies we have featured or uh, that we've watched in other contexts, almost all of them say that they were strongly influenced by the Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Though few were as influenced (laughs) as Shinichi Fukuzawa with Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Now, Mo, this isn't a straight remake of the Evil Dead, but I think it's safe to say... That um, <laughs> it's safe what? to say. Well, it's just it's not a straight remake, but those certain sequences are stolen directly from the movie, and not just right. the first Evil Dead from Evil Dead One and Two. Yeah, and there's and there's certainly a vibe that you can tell he's going for. Um, that sometimes, I mean, like towards the end, especially there are moments that like really, really feel like something straight out of a. Uh, out of a Raimi film. And then there's other ones where you could tell that that's what he's going for, but Mm -hmm. didn't quite go far enough with it. The other movie that Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell reminded me of, certainly near the end, is uh, House, the uh, or Hausu, as some people know it, the yeah. uh, the other Japanese the other Japanese horror film. Like, there's only yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, there's only two. <laughs> but uh, um, the the Criterion released 
uh, Japanese horror film um, uh, that that I actually only saw for the first time last year, Mo. And after everyone and their grandmother told me to see it, and it is I'm I'm fairly certain I was one of those people too. Because well, I'm a big Habsu fan. I love that movie. I don't like being nagged into watching things, Mo. And honestly, uh, when people tell me how great something is, it just strengthens my reserve to never enjoy it. <laughs> I'm 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 not gonna lie. I'm the same fucking way. You know, like I, like I, me, me and, uh, me, me and my, my group of friends, they used to call me the decade man because I was always, uh, like, I was always 10 years late to the party with, with movies. Like, like all of the big hits from the 90s, I didn't see until well into the late 2000s, you know, like, and, like, and regretted it immediately because I'm like, this is fuck, like, heat, that movie's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I like, was like, Mo, Mo is wandering to work in 2011 and is like, you guys ever see this movie, The Shawshank Redemption? It's pretty right, good. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mo, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell starts in the late 1960s. Uh, flower power is growing wild in, uh, in Japan. Uh, but this takes place, Mo, somewhere in Tokyo, an apartment. Mm-hmm. And now the, the apartment that we spend most of the time in in this movie is a very Japanese apartment, wouldn't you say? Yeah. What 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 would what do I mean by that? <laughs> well, I mean it's it's compact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 the you know honestly it's the kitchen <laughs> that really does it for me. You know, it's like very small uh, appliances. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a small little sink. There's a small little stove. Uh, that sort of thing, like you know, there's like a there's like a family room, which yeah. is which is such a weird concept for me. That like a, like a room where you sort of like like where the the family hangs out because my family never did that. <laughs> so you mean like a rumpus room? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know what you Canadians call it, but <laughs> you know, we we called it a family room, and then, like we, know, we had, and, and my family had one. We just never fucking used it. And you know, they had sliding doors and the right, right, mats the on the floor, exactly, exactly. The bento boxes and the the salary man and, he- and Hello Kitty. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we are terrible. Anyway, in this apartment in the late 1960s, we are introduced to our characters with a knife raised in the air, Mo. Who was holding this knife? Um. Well, I you know I didn't get his name. I I know he's the uh, he's the main character's father. Right. Well, he, actually, he's holding someone back with a knife. Right. Right. So there's a woman trying to stab a man. We don't know who they are at this point. She seems crazed, and she ends up slicing his face and then licking the knife, which is not a good sign, Moa. I would consider that a bad date if that was to occur. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, could, I, I, depends what I'd you're gi- into. I, I'd, yeah, I'd give him a second date. I know you would. She says, <laughs> she says, you belong to me and I won't give you to anyone. Then he grabs the knife from her and plunges it into her own chest. He pulls it out. Blood squirts everywhere. And in fact, in case you didn't notice that, he says, wow, there's so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> she falls down. Um, and by the way, even though this is supposed to take place in the late 60s, everyone looks just like they would have looked in 1995. <laughs> Blood yeah. is shown to pour over her necklace, Mo, and that's going to be very, very important, this necklace. Very for, important. For reasons I can't quite, uh, I probably will never be able to fully <laughs> explain or understand. <laughs> so he uses a shovel. What does he do with the shovel, Mo? I want you to explain it to me. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, he's okay. So he starts digging into the floor yeah. with it. So obviously there's the mat first, which w- that was actually the part that really made me laugh because he was struggling really hard to get the mat up. Yeah. And I'm like, just bend over and pick the fucking mat up, dude. It's whoop. There you go. Um, and yeah, then he starts he starts digging into the floorboards with it, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. He he buried her in the earth of the root cellar. Sure. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, he actually uses an axe to kind of chop into the foundation. He picks up the body after uh, an edit allows there to be a hole in the ground for him to put the body in. <laughs> um, and um, he puts the body... Well, he puts it in the hole, right? But then he notices the necklace and, um, and he picks it up in his hand and he tosses the necklace onto the corpse. And when he does that... She grabs him, Mo. Right, but isn't there? But there's like a scene that's a little telling before that, though, where uh, the the necklace falls into like a pool of her blood. That's and right, just, and, and it just retreats. soaks. Yeah, it soaks all the blood up, which I thought was actually kind of cool looking. And that is, by the way, where we haven't really gotten into the special effects in this movie, but that is what will be the most fun for those who enjoy ultra low budget movies yeah, and movie making yeah, 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 yeah. is that there's all sorts of different effects in this. And some of it is stop motion and some of it is claymation. I mean, there's just all sorts of interesting ways to, right. um, you know, and some and some of it works and some of it doesn't, but that's fine. You that, know, when something works, when, when like when you have a lot of effects in a movie, uh, honestly, works and some uh, of it doesn't, it means it all works to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, honestly, honestly, the ones that don't work are hilarious. So it's worth it. So her corpse grabs his arm. He picks up a shovel and wallops her with it as we see some not very convincing lightning flash outside. And that leads right into the opening credits, Mo. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm locked in at this point. Yeah. Bloody muscle builder to hell. Anything notable about these opening credits, Mo? They're in Japanese. They are in Japanese. Now, that's another thing, by the way. Not a lot of sound clips on this episode of No Budget Nightmares because uh, a lot of the dialogue, if not, you know, 98.7% of it is in Japanese. But some of it, Mo, is not. Yeah. (laughs) So we have Uh, that. and, and, And honestly, I think anybody who's ever listened to any of our episodes where we've done movies that weren't in English or pretty much know what to expect. There's not going to be a lot for us to play around with. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll fit it in when we can. The other yeah. thing to notice about the opening credits is they were obviously made uh, much later than the actual movie was filmed. So the, the movie, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell, was filmed on 8mm. Even in 1995, 8mm looked a little rough. Um, and the, the film quality on display here certainly looks very, very cheap. Yeah, it was so rough, even Nicolas Cage had a hard time watching it. Oh, I don't follow he was you. A, he was in, th- wasn't he in that movie? Yeah, he was in Amelia. That's right. Yeah, okay. Directed right. by the great Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yes, great. Let's talk about that movie instead. Um, so the opening credits were made, obviously, much later. They actually credit a royalty-free music website from Japan. Uh, so if you're wondering where a lot of the music comes from, you can go to that website and maybe pick a, a bit of it up. Word. Word, Mo. Word. After the credits, we jump to 30 years later, and we're introduced to our lead character, our, our Japanese Bruce Campbell surrogate, Naoto Mo. And what's he doing? He is, surprise, surprise, lifting weights. 
He's pumping iron, as I like to say, Oh, Mo. he is pumping iron. Mm-hmm. And we see close-ups of his rippling muscles. Now... Yeah, he's got his swole on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's that's what very, the kids say, right? He's very swole. That's correct. Um, we see that his apartment is littered with copies of Muscle and Fitness magazine, in case we didn't understand that he's a muscly guy. And honestly, it would be okay to not understand it, because when he's wearing, like, regular clothes, he just looks like a regular... Japanese guy. <laughs> he really, yeah, he it's amazing. Like, like he's not Mr. Universe or anything. He's just, you know, he's 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 uh ripped. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, and it's not like he's got like small muscles, but you throw a shirt over the muscle that he has and he doesn't look any different. Yeah, he doesn't that. look like Terry Crews or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine lately. <laughs> <laughs> so his by the way, the irritating thing about this uh, sequence is that there is a phone ringing Continuously, continuously, and he does not interrupt his workout. This is leg day, and he's going to focus on it. So he, until he's finished doing his reps, he ignores the phone. Then he eventually puts down his weights and he answers it. Mo, and who's on the other end of the phone? Fuck already. (laughs) Uh, Mika is on the phone. Mika. Now Mika is Naoto's ex girlfriend. And she is also a writer or a journalist, I guess you might say. And right. she is looking for a photo of a house that they had apparently discussed when they were still together. Right. Yeah. She's working on an article about haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's act- there's actually a great sort of moment here where he talks about, well, what about all those other pictures that you had for it? And she admits that she photoshopped all of them. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what that translation was, by the way. I mean, not that Photoshop didn't exist in 1995, but I'm not sure it was something that everybody would necessarily understand. But right. so, so this transition, by the way, from them talking on the phone to them walking together is a really rough edit it's kind of confusing at first like what the timeline is supposed to be here um i i wonder when watching this how much of the footage has been removed entirely like was this always designed to only be like an hour long are there uh, exposition scenes that have been removed that sort of thing but you know there's nothing in this movie that is so confusing that you're going to lose track of what the plot is because there isn't much plot right so as you mentioned mo she is writing an article on haunted houses uh, and he asks her what else she's been doing, and she's been says she she mostly writes features for girls magazines. Mo, mm-hmm. gendered magazines. Oh, now he she asks what he's been up to, and he gives a very interesting answer. <laughs> he says that after. <laughs> No, you tell me what he says, Mo. <laughs> I I love I love his his response to this. He's, so he so he says that he quits and he quit his job. Like right, he said he said he quit his job right after they broke up, mm-hmm. and that because his parents are dead, he he doesn't have anybody to take care of, so it's not that big of a deal, you know. And he says about six months ago he took he took up muscle building. Yeah, so he's basically for like the past year has been doing nothing except six months ago he started doing bodybuilding. And at, by the way, as he says this, he like flexes in front of her and says, "Oh yeah, yeah, a man has to have muscles." <laughs> <laughs> but like, so he's just been doing nothing for the past year. <laughs> it's it was a different time, Mo. Remember, remember back in 1995 when a a person could afford an apartment on the salary of you know one job, on the salary of muscles, on muscle salary. Yeah. As you as you mentioned, Mo, his parents uh, died young, um, and he says he's he's taking it easy for a while. <laughs> so lucky him. So right. So they sit together, and uh, he gives her the uh, ghost photo that she wanted, 
and it, the picture the, it shows the apartment. Oh, it's so ridiculous. What's so ridiculous, Mo? All right, so the picture is the house that the that you know the rest of the movie is going to take place in, basically. But in one of the windows is a giant, <laughs> like taking up the entire fucking window face. Uh huh. Like, the person looking out the window would be the size of a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, she, that's the very legitimate photo that he had to give to her. So they have a conversation about the house. <laughs> he mentions that uh, he didn't even know about that the house existed until after his dad died. Apparently his dad built it and didn't tell him that they had a whole second house, which I guess is not that unusual at all, though to me it seems very unusual. The the uh, uh, Mika found another photo as well, a picture of... <laughs> His dad and another woman in front of the building, and Naoto has no idea who the woman is. He says she's probably like an old girlfriend or something. Well, Mika didn't find that. Naoto did. Oh, right. Naoto found yeah. another photo. That's right. Of the yeah. house. And then she smokes a cigarette, Mo, which makes Naoto very, very angry. Yeah. You should give that up. And he also says, did you know that one cigarette can eliminate 25 <laughs> to 75 milligrams of vitamin C in your body? <laughs> This movie's fun and educational. Naoto, slightly on the spectrum in this particular movie. <laughs> and he also said, it's not good if you want to stay pretty, which is... So he's really endearing himself to us early yeah. on in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So she asks to be shown the house, which, by the way, if she just skipped this whole photo thing and just said, hey, can we go to the house? <laughs> she wouldn't need the photo in the first place. So, uh, But she wants to focus on this apartment for her article. He advises against it, which, of course, you know what that means, Mo. He might as well have said, I'm never, ever going to this apartment. And then it just clicks, you know, edits right to them in the car, heading towards it. Exactly. Classic misdirection, I would say. Dude, I can't stop fucking yawning. (laughs) As they drive, Mo, there's a voiceover. And that voiceover says, that weekend we went to the troubled house in Mika's car. Mika brought along a psychic named Mizoguchi. Tell me about this psychic, Mo. Um, all right. So imagine, if you will, uh, like a thin Japanese version of Otho from Beetlejuice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but like less endearing. He's an asshole. You know, he's an asshole. He's a huge asshole. He's a pill, as uh, as the kids I just say. Wa- I just wanted to talk about uh, Otho from Beetlejuice. I know you did. <laughs> I had to shoehorn that Otho reference in there. So, um, I wonder, by the way, Mo, if this if this voiceover in the sequence was not originally there, but just helped like bridge some some you know these people meeting each other and well like, see seeing as it's the only voiceover in the entire film yeah i would assume <laughs> that's the case so they're heading to the house um naoto mentions that he's actually been to the house fairly recently he went to he he wants to basically set it up as a gym for himself because i guess you know that is literally his only interest but as well <laughs> um and mizaguchi makes a joke he says that exercising with ghosts is a good hobby but naoto doesn't believe in ghosts mo he says if i can't see him I don't care. <laughs> but he has a picture of one. <laughs> well, admittedly, Mo, that picture is not very convincing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not at all convincing. But, like, that that's the biggest thing that gets me on this movie is that, like, he's like, well, if I can't see him, I don't believe him. You have, a, you have photographic evidence of one. And it's not even like, it's not even like those bullshit pictures that, like, actual quote-unquote 
ghost hunters find where it's clearly like a lens flare or fucking like electrical flare or whatever. Uh, you know? I think you, I think and, the word you're looking for is aura. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Aura. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I believe the term I'm looking for is bullshit. But, oh uh, shit. Boy, I'll yeah, tell you, yeah, I feel like yeah, every episode we do of this show, we just run off more and more of our listeners. <laughs> look, look, I don't give a shit if you want to believe in that nonsense, but it's, you know, I, I don't, it's nonsense. Anyway. Um, but, but it's fun, but it just made me laugh that like he has photographic evidence of ghosts, but he doesn't believe them because he can't see them. You do see them. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) So anyway, the other interesting thing about this is, you know, it's not muscle building, so I don't care. You know, one of the notable aspects, Mo, of the Evil Dead and a lot of the movies that were influenced by the Evil Dead is that it takes place in a very isolated location a cabin usually in the woods this house that they are driving to is not isolated it's in the middle no. of like a, a city yeah uh, <laughs> so so they drive to what it look, appears to be a very populous neighborhood and they get out of the car and they take a look at the property uh and this allows mizuguchi who is really just the biggest tool to say i feel the gaze i sense a malevolent <laughs> presence <laughs> Mika seems yeah. like she seems open to the idea of the supernatural, but she's not uh, as into it as Mizuguchi seems to be. Right. As they walk towards the uh, house, they do see a swing swinging slowly by itself, which is probably the first visual reference to the Evil Dead that we see in this movie. Yeah. There's also a cemetery next door. That's not a good sign. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because it's not like she. It's not like the the evil spirit from this film is buried in that cemetery. So maybe it's setting up the sequel. So they walk through the grass, Mo, and you can tell that they're walking through grass because there's very, very loud sounds of people walking (laughs) through grass. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they unlock the apartment. They open, they open it up and go inside. And you know what? It's not like all dank or anything. It's a nice enough looking place. No, and he even says that it, that he's been cleaning it up, so it doesn't it doesn't look bad. In there. Yeah, and he seems kind of surprised that the lights turned on, even though he had been there recently. But yeah, right. so it has power, you know, uh, you know, not bad. You think he'd be renting it out? Be a good Airbnb type place if you're visiting Tokyo. Sure. So they look around Mo, and Mizuguchi he takes a look around the the place that the room from the very beginning of the movie where that murder took place. There is a crude drawing on the wall, Mo. What's up? What's this drawing of? Um, well, it's of a disembodied head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, of a fairly evil looking woman spirit. Yeah. And by the way, I, Naoto doesn't seem phased at all. In fact, he has apparently just left this on the wall for reasons I can't imagine. This is just his taste right. in art, I guess. There's also some other drawings of like faces on the wall. Uh, there's some tools in the corner of this room that they're in, um, and a doll, a creepy doll, Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there has to be. Yeah, that well, that that'll never come back. So we we can just forget about that. One. <laughs> so they look around for a little bit longer until they eventually go into a kitchen, um, and it's it's a pretty slow tour. At this point, this movie hasn't really kicked into high gear yet. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, it hasn't really kicked into second yet. But, uh... <laughs> so um, 
they because it's very musty in there according to the characters Naoto tries to open the window but Mizuguchi says to not let any light in that's another thing by the way this takes place during the day not during the night at all <laughs> so uh and and so Mizuguchi says do not let any light in and Naoto mocks him by saying I'll have to beg your forgiveness sir <laughs> there's some there's some good back and forth i'm well not actually it's not back and forth there's some good moments of mizuguchi making snide comments and, absolutely uh naoto mocking him I, I i actually got a huge kick out of those so mika asks mizuguchi if he feels anything and he says i feel a presence throughout the house there's something about this room perhaps a young woman she harbors a bitter grudge, which, by the way, is spot on. So, you know, as dickish as Mizuguchi is, he obviously is pretty good at this cold reading thing. Yeah, he's right. So then he says, let's try to summon her. <laughs> he was talking about the danger earlier, but whatever. So uh, the light starts uh, flashing as he starts to call for the spirit. And Naoto is just looking at himself in the mirror using hairspray <laughs> just to reinforce that he's kind of a dick, but also... Much cooler than these other characters. Yeah. So Mizuguchi, He's too cool for ghost school. That's exactly right. So Mizuguchi, he starts to get very intense. And briefly, we see the one of the first visual flourishes in the movie. Mo, we see a shot from inside the, the mirror looking outwards. Yeah, it's a cool shot. And a voice says, Welcome home. Which is the clear sign, Mo, that shit is about to go down in this movie. Oh, yeah. And it does. Like, this is... Yeah. It's going to kick off now, and it basically is not going to stop for the rest of the entire movie. So, we see a hand crawl up Naoto's body, which Mizuguchi well, points out. What? Yeah, say, well, Mizuguchi's the only one who sees it. Yes, he's the only one who but, sees it. But uh, you're not wrong, though. We obviously see it. We, the crowd, the audience, yeah. sees it. And then, and then, as Mizuguchi points to it, a clock falls off the wall and clobbers him in the head. And he well, falls down hard. Right, exactly. And and he actually has a great uh you know so so well, just to, to catch up to what where what I was about to say. Um so he's laying on the floor and a, he's about to pass out. As he passes out, he looks up at Naoto and he mm-hmm. sees a woman's face or yes. just a face, you know, over his shoulder. Exactly. And then he and then he passes out, and he wakes up in the car. Yes. He wakes up outside in the backseat of the car. And right. he can hear the uh, um, the other two, Naoto and Mika, talking about how the car won't start for some reason. Um, yeah. And also they're insulting him. Because <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck not? So Mizuguchi gets out and talks to them. And he's a little bit confused because he doesn't know how the clock could have hit him on the head since he was standing in the middle of the room. Which, by the way, is a great point. It's a great point. <laughs> Mizuguchi is convinced that the reason the car will not start is because of the woman that he saw in the room. She will not let us leave. And she was the one responsible for hitting him in the head. He is not a doofus. <laughs> he doesn't say that. But I just like the idea that he's trying to defend how he got hit in the head by a clock. So he asks, Mizuguchi asks for the key to the house. He's going to go in and check it out by himself. And he tells uh, Mika and Naoto to stay outside. And here's where his major mistake happens. This was a this was a, a tactical error, I would say. Yes, without a doubt. So he goes inside, he walks through the hall, Mo, and he hears something in a room. And now the doll, remember that doll we mentioned, Mo, just a little while ago? Oh yeah, that doll. The doll is now holding something. It looks like it's like wrapped in a towel. 
In a bloody towel. In a bloody towel. And he unwraps it. Mo, what is it? It's a knife! It's a knife! And as he grabs the knife, we suddenly see the face of the ghost woman. It scares him. He backs into the corner of the room. And he looks to his left, and there's a woman sitting there facing away from him. Very creepy, by the way. This is an effective, creepy moment. She's, like, sitting at a table. He approaches her. And he does the classic Evil Dead thing where he reaches for her shoulder. Yeah, right. And it's a trap. Get get me in. <laughs> as he's just about to touch her, she grabs his hand. By the way, people's hands getting grabbed just as they're about to touch something is a common theme in this movie. <laughs> it uh, so much. So she grabs his hand, turns around and she says, "My body is rotten. I'm going to use yours." Which is, you know, classic pickup line. <laughs> I wish more women would say that to me. <laughs> A little bit forward there, lady. Yeah. So she yeah, grabs the like, knife. Right, fine. She grabs the knife, Mo, and stabs him directly in the chest. Yeah. Yeah, so he, Mo. So so he falls down, you know, dying. Well, as what, you as you do. What's great is that he she stabs him in the chest, and then the angle changes to like a wide shot, and we see that he's actually stabbed himself in the chest. Right. Which is great, right? So he falls to the floor kind of screaming, and then the woman stands over him. She takes off her necklace and drops it into his mouth. Sanitary. Yeah. Very. So let's talk about the necklace for a second, Mo. So the necklace in this movie is basically, I guess, it, it, it part of this woman's spirit is trapped in it, so it's able to kind of be transferred from person to person. It's not really consistent. Oh, like, uh, like night, uh, no, I'm sorry, like, like Friday the 13th Part 9. Jason goes to hell. That's exactly right. But instead of a delightful alien creature being hunted by the resourceful Creighton Duke, in this case, it's a necklace. Right. Uh, so that evening, so we, we, we cut now to that later on in the evening. Mika and Naoto are still outside, and they're worried about um, Mizuguchi. And Naoto, Naoto's so great. He goes, he's like, yeah, it's been like 20 minutes. <laughs> She's like, it's been way longer than that. <laughs> it's like dark outside. So she wants to go in and check on him. And Naoto eventually reluctantly agrees to go inside as well. So they both go in. They call out to his, they call out his name. No response. They walk inside Mo and they find his glasses and a bloody knife, which by the way, not a great thing to find. Probably not what they were hoping to see. Yes. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> so Naoto, he starts calling for him again, and then he suggests that they should call for the police. And as he's saying that, Mizuguchi falls out of the closet, Mo, a closet that's right next to him, onto the floor. <laughs> Once again, Naoto reaches for him, and then just as he's about to touch him, Mizuguchi grabs his arm and says, I've been waiting for you. Do it quickly while I'm still alive. So he's super pale at this point, and there's like right. blood running from his mouth. He, there's obviously something up with Mizuguchi. Yeah, and then this this uh, leads into one of my favorite stop motion effects in the in the film. Uh, so the necklace crawls out of his mouth at this point, and it goes up the side of his face mm-hmm. and embeds embeds itself into the corner of his eye. Yeah, it goes into his eye socket. Yeah, and it's fucking, it looks fucking cool. And then he starts flopping around on the floor, uh, like he's like spasming. And then he eventually stops, and the suggestion is that he's probably dead. But Mo, this isn't just your average movie. He's probably not dead. No. 
And the other thing that happens is all the doors for this apartment, they suddenly, or the doors to the outside and, and the windows, they suddenly all shut and lock themselves while spooky music plays. Yeah. So this is, the crux, <laughs> this is the crux of the issue for our leads uh, for the rest of the movie. They cannot get out of this apartment or house. Uh, all the doors are super locked, and no matter how much muscly kicking he does at the door, it will not open. Yep. Yep. Now, is, it, is this the moment where, the, where Mika makes the uh, justified remark that they should try screaming for help? Right? I can't. I don't. She, yeah, she might say that now. What? Why? Why? Why wouldn't that work? Be well. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I, I, I said it was justified that she says that. Naoto says nobody will ever hear us. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they do try to kick the door. He says it's no good. I can't break it down. And suddenly, Mizuguchi rises to his feet with the knife in his hand, and he says, "It's good to be back in a fresh body." Um, and so. <laughs> He runs towards Naoto with the knife as, like, rock music starts playing. And this is the first kind of bit of major action that takes place in the movie. <laughs> so, let me see if I get this right. Mizuguchi first knees him in the nuts, and then he, like, palms his face. Right. Right? And then he now, gets... Now, for, from this moment on, I stop calling him Mizuguchi. I just call it the ghost because he's not technically Mizuguchi anymore. Uh, that's a good point, Mo. You know... Uh, so you got to remember that this is the ghost of an angry woman at this point. So she thinks that that Naoto is his father, right? Because he looks just like him. Because he because he looks his just like him. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So he knees him in the nuts, grabs him by the head, and then goes and then stabs him in the hand. Stabs him in the hand. Yeah. So Mika hits uh, the ghost in the back of the head. The ghost starts throttling her and says, "I'm going to rip your face off." Then Naoto stabs the ghost through the back of the head, pushing its eyeball out of its skull. Oh, it's such a cool scene. It's it's outstanding. Look, yeah, th this is the kind really of shit fantastic. that we live for, so let us savor it just for a moment. What's great is that as he pulls the knife out of the back of the head, the eyeball goes back into place. <laughs> Which is also fucking cool. <laughs> then Naoto, like, punches the ghost in the face, um, which apparently, like, breaks its neck. Um, sure. Because it starts grabbing at his neck and just falls to the floor and then eventually stops moving. So I guess... No, no, no? man. Okay. <laughs> no. He, he he slashes at it with the knife. Oh, that's and cut, right. And cuts its throat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's why he's holding its neck. Okay. And then it eventually falls to the floor and stops moving. So it's yeah. dead. The, 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 the terror is over. Uh, they can all go back to their regular lives. The end. Roll credits. So Mika... <laughs> Slowly reaches for Naoto. <laughs> and then the ghost grabs the hand again and attempts to stab uh, Naoto while laughing. And they both fall together into another room. Naoto sees a nail jutting out of the wall, Mo. Yes. And what does he do? Well, he kind of uh, struggles for a bit getting the uh, ghost over to it. But then... And I... Absolutely thought he was going to slam his head into of it. Of course. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, he uh, slams his wrist through the nail, uh, which proves to immediately not work because he 
pulls his hand, pulls the whole fucking nail out the wall. It's and, a shame, you know. I could I could just picture yeah. Bilzebub popping a boner as he saw. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> he absolutely. saw the nail go into the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Now nah, that's my kind of horror." And grabs grabs uh, Naoto by the throat and proceeds to start choking him. Yes, and then slamming the door. Oh no, Nato he kicks off the ghost and Naoto right. starts slamming the door onto the ghost's head. <laughs> and this is officially the scene where I fall in love with Mika. Uh because he's trying to get he's trying to get the ghost into this door and it's not working. His head's stuck in there. Mika comes in between them and just punches the shit out of the ghost which works yeah it all, works. This, all this other shit doesn't work her punching it works and they managed to get the door closed and they you know uh barricaded up into this closet yeah yeah so they basically have punched this ghost into a room and now uh blocked the door with like a heavy box right so there you go i guess uh problem solved as i would say mo i think uh everything's gonna yep. be okay yeah movie movie's over roll credits so the ghost, by the way, is screaming to be let out of the room, but I don't think that's a very good idea at all. Naoto and yeah, Mika... You stay, you stay in there, Henrietta. <laughs> Naoto and Mika go to the rumpus room, Mo, and they try to force open the window, but it Oh, will... this is where they have that conversation. Yes, yeah. that, that's the one where Mika suggests that they try screaming, like you yeah, said yeah, yeah. earlier. Um, th- at that point, Mo, we get the exposition we've been waiting for. Yeah, expo- exposition Shinichi comes in. The TV turns on. Mo. It's static at first, but then a face appears. A familiar face. It's the father from the beginning who also happens to be Naoto. <laughs> uh, he calls out to Naoto, and he says that Mizuguchi was possessed by a past lover of his. I killed her in this house. She was sick in the head. I didn't have a choice. I didn't plan it. Um, so, you know, the, just like you explained before, the the ghost has mistaken Naoto for his father. Um... And I think the ghost on TV says, on the other hand, she might just might not care who you are. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of a question on whether she's just killing, trying to kill him for no reason at all. Right, right. And so they start to question, like, how they're managing to, to keep the whole house locked up the way sure. they are. And he's and the and, you know, and the the ghost of the dad who is now possessing the television tells them that um, that it's not that the ghost doesn't have enough power to do that, that she that she's using. Uh, Mizuguchi's um, psychic powers right. to to maintain the hold on the house. And he also explains that the only way for them to uh, get control of the house again is to basically chop up the, the ghost into little pieces. Right. And they all, also mentions one other very important bit of information, Mo. They need to go to the basement. Your weapon is there. Mm-hmm. And then his face melts. It's a cool effect. Yeah, it's a cool effect. Look, I'm a sucker for a melting face. I'm just going to say it. You melt someone's face on a mo- in a movie, you have my heart permanently. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite face melt, Mo? My favorite face melt? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, come on. How, how could I not say when they open the Ark of the Covenant? You could just not say it. You could say something. No, else. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because that one's got that one's got the double effect of of it being a face melt and it being a Nazi whose face is melting. So I mean, I, Mo taking a strong anti-Nazi stand on this episode of No Budget Numbers. I feel like again we are alienating a huge chunk of our audience. 
I'd really like to hope that a huge chunk of our audiences are not Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> it's 2018, Mo. Chances I are. I mean, I mean, we're not. You know, like I mean, do do. I, I maybe we come off as proud boys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't own any Fred Perry shirts. That's all I'm saying. I'm proud of my knowledge of micro budget cinema. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's about where that's about where my pride ends so yeah. there's there's a sound that they hear mo coming from the bathroom so they go to investigate sure there, there doesn't seem to be anything there naoto moves closer and puts his ear to the door and he hears a knocking sound mo and suddenly the ghost breaks through the ceiling <laughs> yeah that's that's the part that i loved is because you're absolutely expecting him to break through the wall absolutely yeah and but no he breaks through the ceiling uh, hits the the floor and starts uh, choking Mika. Naoto tries to to stop the ghost, but he can't overpower it. So he grabs a shovel and whacks it on the head, which does actually make the ghost uh, drop Mika. They struggle over this shovel that he has, and then something amazing happens. <laughs> Naoto pushes the ghost against the wall, takes the shovel and jams it through his throat, embedding the the shovel into the wall and decapitating. The ghost. Yeah, the fact is, is that is that at this moment, there's been some fun stuff that's happened so far, but this is the moment where the movie gets awesome. So the head, by the way, is floating. Not floating, but it's it's on top of the shovel, which is embedded on the wall, while yeah. the body is hit the ground. It's uh, it's amazing. Um, it really is. So Amika uh, has is unconscious. So Naoto checks on her, uh, and she suddenly wakes up, and she's very upset, and he has to tell her to get a hold of herself. He also motions to the corpse and says, I took care of him. (laughs) (laughs) So they look at the head. They're just staring at it. By the way, once this decapitation occurs, the head no longer looks like the head of the ghost (laughs) to any, any, uh, you know, I'm just saying that, that if you were looking at it just suddenly, uh, as the camera was zooming by, you probably wouldn't notice that it doesn't look anything like the actor that we saw just a moment ago. But... Yeah, but there are several lingering shots. So. <laughs> but that's okay, Mo. I like when they lean into their limitations. It's fine by me. Fine by you. Fine by me. So they're looking at the head, and then suddenly the body grabs Naoto. And this, by the way, this all this stuff is very, very evil deadish. Mika grabs an axe and throws it to Naoto in slow motion... He catches it out of the air and he chops the fuck out of this body. Oh, yeah. And blood goes everywhere and body parts go everywhere. And we get a shot after he sliced it up of all the writhing body parts on the ground. And it's that is like directly out of the first Evil Dead movie. Yeah. It's it, still cool looking. It's hey, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's a, it's a strong resemblance, but not as strong of a resemblance as we'll see in just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So at that point, the head uh, seems to die, uh, and Mika and Naoto are, are are convinced that uh, you know their job is done. They slice up the body just like his dad on television said, and so they go to try the front door, but it's still locked. Mika is very confused by this because they chopped up the psychic, um, and then the head comes back to life, Mo, and starts laughing and says, "I won't let that ugly bitch have you." Huh? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. She, she grabs the, the, the decapitated head and slams it face down and says, let's burn him, which is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So we see then some more great stop motion of all the body parts kind of mo- moving around and squirting stuff out of it itself. Right. 
Naoto takes the head and he puts it with the other body parts on the floor for the purpose of burning them, right? Um, what is, doesn't there's a point where he takes like the picture? The port- yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah. He takes he takes the uh, the the witch head or the spirit head picture and rolls it up. Um, or shows it to the to the head first that, that that that's what he's using, and then puts his hand out to uh, to Mika, you know, to indicate, hey, give me your lighter. And this is where we find out, yeah, she she quit smoking. <laughs> it's great because he expects her to have a lighter because she's a smoker. She says she doesn't have one because uh, she quit, and he goes, oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> and then he decides, in that case, I'll have to chop you into hamburger. <laughs> The head actually calls him cruel for saying that, and uh, that then it's the idea just suddenly appears in Naoto's brain. They can go down to the basement and get the weapon that his dad suggested on the TV. So they go down to the basement, Mo, and some techno music kicks in. Uh, we do see that he has some his uh, his gym equipment down there, Mo, but that's not what's interesting here, Mo. What's interesting in the basement? Well, in the basement is where he keeps his boomstick. He does not use the word boomstick, but there is a shotgun. He there. should. Well, he's, he does say some other familiar things, Mo. We very, we, as he recognizes that there is a shotgun there, we get a montage of him loading it, and it sounds a little like this. Uh, but yeah, he loads up the shotgun, he sticks a couple of shots, uh, he sticks a couple of shells into his pocket, cocks the gun, groovy. And by the way, when he says groovy, there are Japanese subtitles on the screen, <laughs> which is actually amazing. Uh, so in, ca- in case you weren't sure what the main influence for this movie was, it certainly becomes clear at that point. Yeah. So they go back upstairs with the shotgun, and Naoto says that he's going to blow that the the corpse apart basically when he gets there uh mika notices that there are body parts missing from the the pile of of parts that they put together beforehand they look around they see that the like, the remaining body parts are still kind of flopping around and then a hand reaches through the wall and grabs naoto and what's notable about this hand mo <laughs> this is my favorite thing about this entire oh movie. me too me too so the hand has attached itself to a foot. Yes. So it's half hand, half foot. And it is 100% amazing. (laughs) So somehow in the process of this hand being attached to a foot, it has the strength to kick Naoto. Yeah, it beats the shit out of him. It kicks Even though it's just a hand attached to a foot. Yeah, yeah. And Mika cannot help him because a hand grabs her as well, Mo. And what's this hand attached to? This hand is attached to the head. So there is a hand slash foot beating the shit out of Naoto and a hand slash head uh, beating up Mika. And my favorite part is that there's this one particular angle that they like to shoot the hand head from. (laughs) So that it's, I mean, it's clearly a real hand with the horrible fake head on top of it. <laughs> and it's one of the most laughable, like in the best way possible, but like utterly laughable effects. Uh, I love the handhead so much. There's a part where Naoto throws the hand 
the hand slash foot off of him, it bounces off a wall and comes <laughs> yeah, back kick, at him. It and kicks, it kicks off the wall <laughs> and punches him in the head, which is just outstanding. <laughs> so they fall down. Uh, Mika grabs a knife. Uh, they're looking around anyway. So the foot hand crawls towards Naoto, and he takes the shotgun and blows the shit out of it. Right, right. Well, no, so, 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 <laughs> so the, so the hand head, the hand head is attacking, attacking Miko. Okay. So it's sitting there and she starts punching the fuck out of it. Like just do, 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 do. <laughs> the sound effect of her punching the head is so great. And then it, and then it crawls away crying. <laughs> yeah, it, that's right. It starts crying. <laughs> But anyway, so Naoto, he shotguns the oh. foot hand, and she chops up with the knife the uh, the hand with the head. Yeah, she cuts off the fingers. Oh, she cuts off the yeah. fingers. That's right. That's right. So Because yeah. then they hear some laughter, and it's actually the, the head slash hand, is it? Hanging from the yeah, 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 because she cut she cuts the fingers off of the hand foot. That's right. That's right. So yeah, 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 the, yeah. the head hand is hanging from the ceiling. It falls down and then starts biting her on the neck. And that's uh, a great effect, too. Like, the like, I mean, it's clearly just like a... It's very Terry Gilliam-esque, you know, like some of the effects in this are, where it's clearly like a still image that they're manipulating to look like it's moving, you know? Um, this happens several more times in the movie, which, again, is fine. Right. Um, but yeah, so they look up and they see the image just get bigger and bigger and bigger to like, indicate that it's falling on them. <laughs> and, and and you're right, it, and it, it falls onto Mika's neck um, and begins to uh, bite her. And then Naoto says, it's payback time, and then proceeds to gouge out the eyes of yeah. his head. And then he cocks the shotgun and blows the head in half. Right. And it's a, and that's a cool effect too, because like uh, I mean, it's not horribly effective, because like they could they had a fake head, they could have you know used his fingers to like actually like push into the eyes, and clearly what they did was they had two uh, tubes running behind his fingers, yes. and blood pouring out of each one, but it was still cool looking. Absolutely, yeah. As was the shotgun <laughs> blowing the head in half. <laughs> yeah, that looked way better. <laughs> so Naoto here hears a weird sound coming from the body parts, and then a fucking like entire stop motion body crawls out of the body parts. And yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, using the word crawl is is really nice. <laughs> uh, it, it just kind of like pops up. I wonder but, how, uh, some of this. I wonder if they were like kind of piecing it together in like 2009, as opposed to it, it being absolutely complete at the time. But anyway, it doesn't really matter because he takes his hairspray bottle. He throws which, what, it. Which, 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 by the way, wasn't an aerosol can. No, <laughs> it, it was a pump hairspray. So, so he, <laughs> he throws it at this new weird body and shoots it in midair and it explodes. And all this sort of stuff, this is very much like the movie house in that it's, Fucking bonkers, crazy, insane. Yeah, yeah, just totally batshit insane. It, in the best possible way. Yeah, in the best possible way. So it looks like <laughs> the danger is over. So Naoto goes to check on Mika, and as he's looking at her, her neck wound starts to bleed, and he says, don't worry, I'll save you. And then he goes to try to open the window again, Mo, but no, it is not opening. <laughs> nope. He seems frustrated that chopping the corpse to pieces and blowing it up with his hairspray did not seem to work. 
and then something crawls out of the ground. Mo, explain to me what happens now. Uh, well, my best guess. So we, we, we get we get an, we get several images that show the blood from uh, Mizuki's body. Mizuki, Mizuchi, what was the name again? Mizuguchi, is that right? Mizuguchi, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, sucks into the ground. Yes. Where where presumably the corpse of the original woman right. now becomes animated. Now, this effect, you know, is a little lacking, in, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh-huh. It's basically just a, a sculpted mask head sort of thing um it looks fucking terrible mm-hmm. and uh and then uh wh- so what happens it pops up out of the ground and then begins to start like eating the yes yeah, oh, oh right 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 some random bits of flesh snatch up the necklace and bring it over to the new body yes um <laughs> and it transforms at this point into something even more malformed and yeah, hideous looking. Basically, this you know? kind of piece together zombie woman. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks a little like uh, sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, the know? whole the whole building starts to shake at this point. By the way, and smoke yeah, yeah, yeah. starts to pour out of the uh, the hole in the ground. Um, and Naoto screams as he sees like a skull come out of it, and and right. basically is yeah. So this is a very weird zombie creature, <laughs> which will happen when you've been rotting in the ground for thirty years, apparently. Right. And uh, and so we get another another one of our favorite moments oh, where somebody is, is trying somebody's trying to reach for something, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ne- uh, Naoto uh, looks down, and realizes his shotgun sitting right next to him, you know, and he starts trying to like reach down, and boom, up comes, and he is attacked by Zombie Mika. I do want to say, by the way, so that that zombie thing that came out of the ground at first, it's just like a skeleton. And then we see using stop motion, like blood pouring through all the body parts that were collected together. And then like a whole bunch of like gore, stop motion gore surrounds the skeleton, basically building it from the bottom up. So it, it doesn't look like amazing, but it's still fucking cool. (laughs) It's cool. It is really cool. Yes. But now we have this zombie lady, as well as a possessed Mika, uh, who grabs his hair, by the way, Naoto's hair and rips some of it out, which he is not very happy about at all. Mm. So, well, I mean, he spends so much time on it, you know. Uh, and so she knocks him into the zombie lady who uh, grabs his head and I guess like like squirts a bunch of gore onto him and then kisses him, by the way, which is gross. Yeah, it's gross. He punches this creature and his hand goes through it and he pulls out an internal organ. Yeah, and like I love how like grossed out he is by it, too. Like yeah. He's like completely sickened by it. But then... Then Mika, and I, 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 yeah, and I'll let you explain this. Okay, one so Mika, I, I figure you'll enjoy it more. Mika grabs his dick, <laughs> straight up, straight up, and lifts him off the ground while grabbing his genitals, and she says, "You're pathetic. You can't even protect your own girlfriend. You don't have the balls." So she then throws him, <laughs> where he bounces off multiple doorway like frames. And down a flight of stairs into the basement. <laughs> when he lands at the bottom of the stairs, a pot falls down and lands on his head. Like he knocks him on the head. Yeah. And then we see a light, a heavenly light, Mo, shining on his dumbbells. Right. And that's when he realizes that the father wasn't talking about the shotgun. That's the father's weapon. He needed to go down and find his weapon. And his weapon... Is are the fucking dumbbells. Are the dumbbells. 
and his muscles. Let's hear a little bit of what that sounds like. <laughs> this is the sound of his clothes tearing as he holds up. him doing like muscle poses and what does he say at the end though? I'm jacked <laughs> just that it's I'm jacked <laughs> anybody anybody who's Facebook friends with me uh, saw that I posted not too long ago like earlier with a couple hours back uh, the the image of him you know posing and saying I'm jacked it's it's fantastic so uh, back upstairs, a hand uh, reaches into like a pile of guts and starts eating it and picks up like half a skull and starts gnawing on it. Some really gross effects. And as it's doing that, a like a, a barbell weight flies into the room and hits the zombie in the head, knocking it over. And then Naoto appears in the doorway. <laughs> One-handing the, du- the dumbbell. That's right. And spinning it around himself. <laughs> He declares that they're not human. That's and that right. They should, and to bring it on. He goes, bring it on. So they start attacking him, and he starts using the weights as a weapon. Uh, the, I think Mika says, you belong to me. And he goes, you've got to be kidding me. He, <laughs> he gets grabbed, and he flexes his way out. <laughs> it's the first time in his... Well, maybe not the first time, but it's one of the very few times in cinematic history that I've seen somebody flex their way out of a situation. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it a couple of times in... Uh, in the uh, the some of the Barbarian Brothers films. <laughs> so at some point, the zombie's head gets stuck between the weights of his dumbbell. Uh, and he then gives a classic uh, um, action. Well, he, he knocks it to the ground and then like spears it. Spears it, yes. Yeah, and he puts and he puts his foot up on the dumbbell and then says this. <laughs> Sayonara, baby. <laughs> and he kicks the dumbbell down. And squashes its head. Squashes the head. It is amazing. <laughs> it really is. And then he says, don't take it personally. You're not my type. <laughs> <laughs> and just as he's celebrating that kill, Mika stabs him in the leg and blood squirts everywhere. And she starts to crawl like across his body. And he says... Um, then he says, you bitch, and he starts slapping her, and then he starts kissing the wound on her neck, sucking all this, like, gray goo out of it. And this is honestly, like, the grossest It's scene pretty gross. Entire. It's fucking disgusting. And the, the effect of her regaining her color <laughs> is done very oddly. It's like a still image where the color starts to change. Yeah. <laughs> I think he even says, glad that worked. <laughs> <laughs> The zombie that just got its head crushed, it then proceeds to get back up and put it puts its own eyeball back in its head. <laughs> and what does he do, Mo? I really want you to explain what he does now with his dumbbells. All right. So apparently since it takes this this monster zombie, whatever you want to call it, uh, like literally like three and a half minutes to get to uh, <laughs> Naoto, even though they're in the same room. Uh, it gives him enough time 
to uh, to take out that anybody who's ever used those old school barbells sure. knows, you know, that that little tool that you need to use to take the weights off, <laughs> you know, uh, he, and he proceeds to unscrew the, 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 you know, the clamp and and uh, and take the weights off and then using some weird thing on his back that is that is not a crossbow <laughs> at all you know there's no tension to this thing whatsoever but somehow manages to use it as as a crossbow and spears this motherfucker right through the head and pins it into the wall i have no idea how he has assembled a crude bow and arrow with the equipment that he has there but yeah. yes he does embed with the uh, the middle part of like the barbell. He does shoot it the, somehow. The bar? The bar. Yeah, I guess the bar. He shoots the bar and uh, it embeds through the zombie's head and embeds in the wall. Yeah. And it hangs limply for a second and then it starts to jump into action again, trying to pull itself off the pole while Naoto is crawling towards the shotgun. So it's a race between the zombie trying to pull itself off the embedded bar while he gets the shotgun. And then a very evil dead thing happens mm-hmm. uh, where um, an intestine shoots out of the gut of the previously squashed creature, uh, now currently uh, impaled creature, <laughs> uh, and wraps itself around his leg. So he, gra- he grabs it and just squeezes with all of his intense muscle and it just falls to pieces. So this shot where he squeezes the intestine, this is definitely an insert shot that was made many years later. Cause it was, it's obviously not eight millimeter. It looks way more modern. It doesn't match right. up or anything. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. obviously some elements of this uh, sequence had to be kind of reassembled, but you know, it's not that distracting. Right. So the zombie moves towards Mika starts going towards Mika instead and saying, give me your body. She screams, and the necklace starts to crawl. What does it do? It does it crawl out? It's of coming the... out of its mouth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Naoto shoots off the zombie's hand and says, "Not another step." So then he uses the shotgun to. He proceeds to start shooting the zombie to pieces. Yeah, I uh, my notes say here. Uh, Naoto says, "Not another step," and puts a thoroughly unrealistic but hilarious number of shots into it. <laughs> like. This, the violence he here gets, it like yeah, it gets it's so over crazy. the top. Yeah, yeah, it's over the top. In the oh god, it's so fun. And then afterwards, just to put like a fine point on it, the head of the zombie starts to melt afterwards. He also has Mo one more action hero saying, but I'll tell you what, this one doesn't have as much oomph as Sayonara, baby. Probably because he ends it with baby again. So let's have a little listen. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> so he so. said he said see you in hell baby <laughs> and this and this is one of the, and after that shot uh blood splatters down across both him and me oh yeah, this it covers those, his face this is one of those moments where I said to myself like like I understand that he was trying to go for a Raimi-esque sort of thing here 
But like honestly, like if he was really going for Raimi, like he would have gone for like a full bucket and a half, you know. <laughs> if he like, was really going for Raimi, that would have happened in the third scene, and then he would have yeah. had to have it on his face for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so blood goes everywhere. He, that he says that there's a big shotgun blast. Everything blows up. He goes and checks on Mika afterwards. Uh, there's smoke coming out of the room. Um, and the gore that's left over on the ground, it starts to collect itself together using stop motion, teasing yeah. the idea that it's going to come back together again. But then it all just kind of melts and deflates into the ground. Uh, so Naoto, who's now found his manhood, he says, let's go. And we see a shot of the necklace on the floor, and they head to the front door, and they try it, Mo, and it opens. Bum, bum, bum. And they leave the house, Mo, while soft piano music plays in the background. <clears throat> they walk away from it, but no, it's not going to let us off that easily, Mo. What is the final shot of the movie? <laughs> the final shot of the movie is an outside shot of the house. One of the windows opens up, and it's the giant face again. It's the giant woman's face in the window, and it is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's so it's so silly. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Believe it or not, Mo, that is the movie. That's the. It goes into the closing credits. But we have now experienced bloody, mussy, <clears throat> bloody, <laughs> fuck, I knew I'd screw it up. That was Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell from the year 1995 and other years as well. So do you ever wonder if they made a bloody, mussy, <laughs> I did it now too. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh <my> God. <laughs> so did you ever wonder if they made a uh, bloody muscle builder from Hell Part 2 that was basically just the same fucking movie with a slightly different cast and funnier? <laughs> And then make a third one where he travels through time. Uh, right, right, yeah. I mean, sadly... Back to, back to feudal Japan. Again, it's so strange that this movie just sat, you know, sat unfinished for almost 20 years. It is mm. unbelievable because, I'll tell you what, this is a... I was just going to say, this is a high-quality movie, but that doesn't really... <laughs> that's not really true, for one thing. But it also mm. doesn't really tell the story. This is a fascinating remnant, and it really transcends its kind of fan film origins to be its own thing. It, right. you know, it is obviously clearly, strongly, 100% influenced by the Evil Dead, but it it's not like it goes through the story beat for beat or anything like that. It does its own thing. It The, the bodybuilder aspect of it is so unique and fucking weird that it makes it its own, <laughs> right? This, yeah. This, yeah, you're not wrong. This is a very, very entertaining movie. It helps also that it's only an hour long. So, you know, it it's once it kicks into high gear, it just stays like it's basically a collection of special effects until the end. Right. It also recognizes how stupid it is. Yeah. <laughs> and really and really kind of like embraces its silliness in a really positive way, which, by the way, that's one of the elements. There's been some kind of controversy over the last couple of weeks about whether the original Evil Dead was meant to be funny at all. And I think the tone of that movie is very unique in a lot of ways, which is right. that it's a movie that is both serious and kind of unserious at the same time. But it's never comedic, uh, uh, kind of overtly comedic, the way that like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness are. But I still think, like I laugh when I watch The Evil Dead, but I don't feel like I'm laughing at the movie. I feel like I'm laughing along kind of like in a funhouse type way. Mm-hmm. And here, this movie is w- much more overtly comedic, but there's actually some effective scares in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I mean, like, like when, like, 
I mean, the biggest one I could think of is when is when they look up and the head falls from the ceiling. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's a it's a kind of a shitty effect, but you know what they're trying to do with it is effective. It's also a really good example of. I mean, I don't know how much money they had to make this movie. It could not have been very much. It all takes place basically in a single building. It has three cast members. It's uh, it's shot on 8mm. I mean, this is a very, very, very low-budget movie, even for mid-90s. And mm. But you can tell that there was a lot of actual real talent behind it. Maybe not enough talent to actually make it, but hell, they were going to give it the old college try, whether they could do it or not. Which is, honestly, there's so much um, inspiration on display here that it really does put a lot of similar, especially from that time period, micro-budget movies to shame because there's so much effort that they put into it. Well, and, like, you got to give a lot of credit, you know, like, uh, so, like, yeah, Naoto's not necessarily the best leading man, and, and Mika's not exactly the best, like, leading lady. But that being said, you got to give it to Mizuguchi, though. Like, that dude gives his fucking <laughs> all in this movie. Like, he is so over the top. Like, even when it, like, being the smarmy asshole at the beginning when it's just him as the psychic, you know, to when he's finally possessed by, you know, by the ghost and he's being just off the wall fucking goofball insanity. Like, that dude gives it his fucking all. Like, honestly, he really kind of saves the movie, you know. <laughs> at least in terms of performance, right? Yeah, in terms of performance. I mean, obviously, there's still plenty of other stuff to make this movie completely enjoyable, but he's definitely the best performance in the movie. Then that just uh, leads to the question, Mo. Would you recommend Muscle Body Builder Hell Night 2012? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, absolutely. this one is worth going out of your way to see. It absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to see it uh, in a theater last year, um, and I'll tell you, it does it does benefit from an enthusiastic crowd as well. Very, very worthwhile. I'm, I, mm. you know, this this one gets our highest recommendation. Just a real entertaining movie from start to finish. And again, if you're the kind of person who listens to No Budget Nightmares, you are definitely going to enjoy it. I uh, I actually did a recent appearance on uh, Three Black Geeks. Um, we covered uh, Leonard Part Six, which we all universally hated. But um, I mentioned that at the end of the episode, I mentioned that this was the next movie we were covering on the show. And uh, Eris, who lives in Tokyo, uh, had heard of this and got really excited that we were covering it. So uh, that, so I'm like, like, as soon as I heard him get excited that we were covering this, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one. As per usual, if you have seen uh, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder to Hell... Uh, or whatever it's called. Uh, why don't you hop on our Facebook group and let us know? Or uh, you can go over to our No Budget Podcast uh, Twitter uh, feed as well. Yeah, we always want to hear what people think of the movies that we cover, uh, aside from the one that we covered last episode, which will remain nameless. But uh, yeah, that one's going in the vault. The vault, that's right. <laughs> the six feet underground vault. Um, <laughs> Mo, what are we going to watch on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares? All right, so this one, uh -huh. after, after some some deliberation uh, and countless mentions on the show and recent requests from fans, uh, we decided we're going to cover, <sighs> heaven help us, Dracula the Dirty Old Man. From the year 1969, which I think 
I can't. It's I, probably wrong. <laughs> well, also, I think the body beneath was 1970, so this might be the earliest movie that we've ever covered on No Budget Nightmares. Dracula, the Dirty Old Man, directed and written by William Edwards. Mo, I have not seen this movie before. As you said, it's been recommended several times. You have mentioned it on the show a number of times before. It was released, I know, by Something Weird Video. Uh, I uh, I'm very curious about Dracula, the Dirty Old Man. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually gonna reach out to uh, to the folks over at Something Weird and see if they've got any good stories about this one because I I feel like there's got to be something out there that could help make that episode more entertaining. Mo the movie the movie ain't gonna do it. Mo doing research. What? what? Well, you know <laughs> this this is you know you've got your wheelhouse. This is my wheelhouse. So. <laughs> So I'll, as, soon I'll, as, I'll, as, soon as, as soon as it said "dirty old man," we were in Moe's wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the Dracula part. It's definitely the dirty old man part. But we will on the oh, next yeah. episode, Moe, be talking about Dracula, the dirty old man. Uh, for people who want to check out more about No Budget Nightmares, Moe, what's the best way to do it? Oh, I mean, you've already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. Uh, you can go on to Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/No Budget Nightmares and uh, join in the conversation over there, or just do a simple search on Facebook for No Budget Nightmares. Um, or, like you said, we do have a uh, No Budget Nightmares Twitter account. What what is that one it's again? At no never... Budget Podcast, same as our No Budget Podcast.com website, and our latest episode can always be found on Dorkshelf. Dot com. So uh, those are a lot of links that you should get yourself to. Oh, why don't you leave us a review on iTunes while you're at it? That would be a nice thing yeah. for you to do, you jerks. You jerky jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Have we gotten any of those recently? I don't know. I never check it. But I still I want people it. to do it. I also, yeah. you know, and look, if you really want to support the show, there's a link on our website to the Patreon. Uh, we always really, um, we really appreciate it. Helps the show. Helps us uh, get things moving. And also, I actually should mention, I've been meeting with people recently about uh, redesigning our No Budget Nightmares logo. Uh, I've been Woo-hoo. talking. And uh, so so if you do go to our Patreon, you'll be helping fund that because I want actual designers. <laughs> Which again is not a um, not an insult to our current logo. It's just time for a change, and I want to make sure that we get something good and nice that might look good on a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mo. All mm-hmm. that said, have you watched any good movies lately? Um. Yeah, I actually just watched. Uh, Dead- I watched uh, Deadpool two. Um. Uh, don't tell us what you thought about it. Huh? Don't tell us what you thought about it. Well, I was going to. Please do. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was, uh, it's very, uh, if this is a real word, probably not, uh, sequely, you know, <laughs> you know, like it feels very much like a sequel, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of really good joke payoffs and uh, I, I just had, I had a real blast with it. I, I mean, do I think it's as good as the first? Uh, debatable, but um, there are some aspects of the second one that I really enjoyed and one or two things in particular that I actually enjoyed more than, than anything from the first film. But, uh, but it's worth seeing. Absolutely. I watched a movie called no solicitors, which you can watch on Amazon prime for free if you have it. And it was directed by a gentleman named John Callis and John Callis has had a very interesting career. We just interviewed him for Eric Roberts is the fucking man, but this guy has done some really interesting stuff. He directed all the live action segments on the TV show Bobby's World, the parts with huh. Howie Mandel. Yeah, he, yeah. And he started but he started his career he worked on like Raging Bull and he worked uh, uh as a production um 
person on the happy hooker goes to Hollywood. And then he, huh. and then in like in the early eighties, he, he started directing and working on music videos, early music videos for MTV. He's had this fascinating career. And, and like, and then in 1988, he directed this werewolf movie called lone wolf, which I actually just watched last week for the first time, which is very bizarre as well. Just the guys had a fascinating career. Um, and if you do want to check out no solicitors, I'd love to know what you think of that as well. It's a very much a darkly comedic, horror movie very much in the vein of the movie parents the bob balaban movie if you've ever seen that oh yeah yeah which that's a great movie uh, i don't think it's no solicitors is quite as good as that but uh huh. but still uh worthwhile definitely worth checking out uh i also watched uh evil genius on netflix have you watched that yet? i haven't watched it yet no i know oh my god it's a documentary right yeah well it's a four it's a four part four part documentary um yeah about this really insane bank robbery uh, that happened in what Erie, Pennsylvania, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so fucking bizarre and crazy. And it has a, a cast of characters that are all completely batshit in their own way, but it's like, it's real, you know? Um, I loved it. I, I binged the whole fucking thing in an afternoon and, uh, and didn't regret a moment of it. I, it, I thoroughly recommend it to anybody who has, access and since on another podcast that i'm uh, going to be guesting on we're talking about movies with reluctant cannibalism i also watched the movie survive with an exclamation point from the year 1976 that is um about the 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 in 1972 there was that plane crash where the rugby players had to eat each other to survive you know that they made the movie alive out of well survive was made uh, by Rene Cardona uh, in 1976 a a slightly more exploitative version of the same story with some of the fakest snow you will ever see in a movie ever it is it's like packing peanuts Uh, but that said you know it's uh, it's not a great movie but it's reasonably respectful of the material considering that we have the makers of Tintorera putting this thing together Right. Not as much group uh, sex in this one. <laughs> I have to watch. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow because I'm doing a uh, guest spot on a upcoming episode of uh, After Movie Diner. Because every year John does uh, like it's either like a week or a month of like nothing but James Spader films. Right. <laughs> so uh, so me and D from Three Black Geeks are going to be on talking about speaking of sex um which is uh james spader and bill murray which is uh i don't know i i haven't i haven't watched it yet so i have no opinion yet of it but look out look for that coming soon to uh to after movie diner like i said i just did a guest spot i believe that episode is already out of three black geeks where i talk about letter part six uh spoiler alert we all hated it and Mo, of course, can be found on Twitter at Drunk on VHS, and you can find me yeah. on there as well at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E. Why, Mo? I think it's time for us to end this episode of No Budget Nightmares. I need to get plenty of sleep and water to get myself through Dracula, the dirty old man from the year nineteen sixty nine. We'll be back in just a couple of weeks with that modern classic. That thing is an hour and twenty minutes long. Oh boy! <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, slog. that just it's ruined my slog. night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, be that as it may, we'll be back soon with that movie. Talk to you soon, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Sayonara, baby. Yeah. <laughs>